welcome to another episode of Free Lunch by the Peak, a show where we break down what's really going on in Canada's economy with people who know way more than us. I'm Taylor Scollin, co-founder of The Peak, Canada's most read daily business newsletter. And I'm Sarah Bartnika, editor of The Peak. Taylor, it seems like everyone, including us, is talking a lot about inflation and interest rates these days, which makes sense. But one thing that seems to get lost is what's happening in the job market, something that touches most of us. Yeah, like we had months and months of these lockdowns where people couldn't work. And then, you know, the economy roared back at the beginning of this year. And now we somehow have the lowest unemployment rate in decades and a super tight labor market in a lot of industries. So there's quite a bit going on here. Yeah, and this is all happening against the backdrop of central banks trying to push inflation down by hiking interest rates. High interest rates have the intended effect of cooling the economy, which means kind of tamping down on the demand for things and services. And when that slows, it often puts some people out of work. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here. And we've got a fantastic guest on to get into it with. Brendan Bernard is a senior economist at Indeed.com. And really the perfect person to help us understand the details of what's going on in the labor market right now. So, Brennan Bernard, thank you for coming on and joining us for free lunch. Thanks for having me. So, I think just to start off at a very, very high level here, uh, we went through a very disruptive period during the pandemic. Maybe the most disruptive period for the labor market, certainly that I've ever experienced in my lifetime, maybe in, in a generation or two at least. So we're starting to recover from that. And I'm wondering if you can just paint a picture of the dynamics at work in the labor market today and some of the big changes that we're seeing coming out of that pandemic period. Sure. Well, I think looking at the macro labor market, I think it's fair to say that we have recovered um, by a whole different range of metrics, whether it's the number of Canadians working or the unemployment rate. Um, th thing, things are looking pretty good and they look similar in, in some cases, even a bit better um, when it comes to, for instance, unemployment than things were prevailing pre-pandemic, which also was a pretty good uh, time for the Canadian labor market. So that's kind of like looking at just the overall number of people working in Canada right now. Um, uh, there, there, there's been a, a full recovery and I'd say almost a surprisingly fast uh, full recovery. Uh, if we go back, let's say um, a year, maybe two years ago to the end of 2020, we'd seen this kind of rebound uh, in Canadian jobs um, following the initial plunge at the start of the pandemic. But there was still a pretty noticeable gap uh, between kind of where we wanted to be and where we were around like November, December uh, 2020. And at that time, uh, there was kind of a, a prevailing sentiment that, OK, we've gotten the quick wins out of the way, but getting back to sort of full, full kind of comfort uh, in, in conditions is going to be much harder slog. And then 2021 happened. And uh, and surprisingly, uh, it wasn't actually a particularly long slog to, to get back to sort of the um, real pre-pandemic pre levels. In fact, by uh, midway and towards the end of the year, the number of Canadians working surpassed its pre-pandemic level really faster um, than, uh, than a lot of people expected. Um, and, and so uh, that, that, that's kind of like the sort of background picture um, we, we, we've had uh, 
um, for a while now. And, and, and that momentum carried into the first half of 2022, um, where things have sort of uh, stabilized a bit more uh, since the sort of rapid trend in uh, rec- recoveries kind of cool, cooled down a bit. But overall, gotten to a point surprisingly quickly compared to p- previous recessions that um, that the uh, employment picture bounced back um, uh, to a, at a pace that I think um, uh, w- we would be quite pleasantly surprised with um, look, looking at uh, things uh, from where we were standing in, in late 2020. Is the labor market designed to facilitate such a fast bounce back or were there other factors at play that were kind of helping that acceleration? Yeah. So, so I, th- I think a few things happened um, uh, that sort of d- drove this rapid recovery. I, I would like, I, I don't want to um, toot my horn too much, but I was a bit on the optimistic side uh, at, the, at this point in late 2020. And the reason why was because I was tracking job postings on our website, uh, indeed, um, pretty closely at the time. That's kind of what I do. Uh, and um, and w- one of the things that stood out, and I think one thing that might have been a bit different um, from, pr- from previous recoveries of typical rece- recessions, is that employer demand for workers bounced back uh, quite quickly, even faster, I'd say, uh, than the overall employment situation. So by the end of 2020, um, uh, job postings on Indeed basically were back to their pre-pandemic levels. And then in early 2021, we saw things really take off. Uh, and um, and so this was a sign that, okay, um, things are a little different right now. And the takeoff really was quite broad-based. We saw it across provinces. We saw it across different sectors. Um, and so there was a real sign that uh, um, from the employer's point of view, they are gearing up. They were gearing up uh, to hire. Uh, and um, that uh, unlike a kind of a typical recession where there's um, lots of uh, business bankruptcies and, um, and uh, l- lots of changes that might re- result in like a sluggish rebound, this time we, uh, employer demand was rebounding quite quickly. And through all that um, process, the, the, like this broad-based rebound, uh, we saw market transform uh, in ways uh, that I think also were a bit unexpected. So kind of I've talked a bit about already about like sort of like the macro picture, like in jobs bouncing back um, to roughly like where, where they were pre-pandemic. Um, uh, but underneath the surface, there's been a huge variation across different industries. Um, we've got some areas of the economy where employment by mid 2021 and and, espe- and especially uh, this year is actually way above pre-pandemic levels. Um, so a few, a few standouts uh, here um, uh, are uh, in the professional services sector. So this is um, uh, areas that cover uh, tech, uh, also covers um, engineering, marketing, accounting, whole different um, areas of the white collar world, as well as finance and real estate. Um, the, these are some of the real standout areas in the private sector um, that bounce back surprisingly quickly and not just bounce back, but actually uh, rebounded to levels way above pre-pandemic levels. And then also uh, added to that group is the public sector, which has um, been another uh, um, uh, area of the economy to add a lot of jobs, net new jobs from where things stood um, 
pre-pandemic. Uh, uh, so the federal government uh, being um, a big area there, also job growth in uh, healthcare and education. And so, um, so through, through, throughout this kind of uh, rebound um, uh, in the overall employment, um, a lot of that was coming from surging jobs uh, in these kind of standout sectors of the economy. Meanwhile, um, even to this day, uh, uh, there are some parts of the uh, labor market where jobs haven't fully rebounded. Um, uh, the, the key standout here is in accommodation and food services. So that's um, restaurants, bars, uh, hotels, um, also areas of arts and uh, recreation um, as well. Here we saw in 2021, uh, there was also a huge rebound uh, in hiring appetite, especially once we got out of the um, shutdowns of the second and third waves of the pandemic. Kind of once once things really started to open up in earnest in uh, in in the spring and in summer, we saw uh, demand for workers in restaurants soar, but employment didn't really follow that same trend. Um, uh, uh, while, while there were lots of job openings out there, looked like a lot of people who might have lost their jobs uh, in those areas early in the pandemic, or who would have otherwise entered uh, those sectors um, working, found work elsewhere. Um, and so, uh, so one of the unique features of this uh, recovery has been that some of the areas that have been hardest hit by the pandemic uh, haven't fully rebounded. In some cases, they're actually remain like down um, substantially, but that hasn't stopped um, an overall uh, rebound in employment because demand has been so strong elsewhere. Can we talk about that bounce back a little bit? Because I think for me, at least, it's it was surprising that we went through such a challenging economic period with, I don't know, you would expect to see a lot of scarring from that. But you're saying what we've actually seen and what the data shows is that jobs have come back in larger quantities than before the pandemic. Unemployment's lower than it was before the pandemic. What are the factors that account for such a strong recovery after that period? Is it interest rates being low? Is it you know, pent-up demand? What, what's going on here at the foundations that drive that? So, so I do think um, that uh, the, the strong level of employer demand, uh, especially in like 2020, um, was a key factor uh, in, in all this. And um, I, th I think, and, and now, like, and so then that that begs the question: Okay, why did employers want to hire so much? Um, hiring sort of rebounded in 2020 in the second half of the year, and then surged in 2021. And so why did employers want to hire so much? And this is kind of a tough question because there's a bunch of things going on. And sometimes it, it's it's almost a bit speculative because uh, it's, it's sort of hard to um, prove some th these things. Um, so just a few like kind of basic sort of facts before kind of going into the potential reasons. Um, so one is uh, that this rebound in employer hiring appetite was quite broad-based, uh, geographically, sectorally, across different job types, high-wage, low-wage, mid-wage, um, really broad-based in that regard. And also, uh, it wasn't unique to Canada. In, in the labor markets that I sort of track that are most similar to Canada's, like the US and Australia, they also saw really strong rebounds uh, in job postings coming out uh, in the aftermath of that 
uh, initial wave of the pandemic. So that suggests to me there's some sort of macro economy-wide trends um, going on, uh, uh, along with some uh, other kind of more unique factors in certain sectors that we can get into. I, I think one of, one of the factors, uh, and this is a bit like nebulous uh, because it's tough to kind of quantify, um, but when it comes to hiring, hiring is like this like washing machine that's just an ongoing cycle. And that's the labor market in general. Every We get like this snapshot of jobs from Statistics Canada every month, um, but it's really just a snapshot that doesn't um, really capture how much movement there is across jobs, um, people starting new jobs, ending uh, old jobs, either because they um, are laid off or they leave um, voluntarily. Um, there's just a, so much churn happening in the labor market uh, in any given month. And that really froze up in mid 2020. Uh, just in the in those first few months of the pandemic, we saw, for instance, um, job po- Canadian job postings on Indeed fall by nearly half um, and stay low uh, for a few months. And I think in general, just the whole, the, the standard labor market dynamics that we sort of take for granted um, at, at, on the month-to-month basis really came to a grinding halt. And then they reopened quite quickly, just like kind of a, a lot of things re- reopened uh, pretty quickly. And they reopened in a context of really um, uh, aggressive policy support from uh, the federal government in Canada, the federal government in the U.S., global central banks. So, so uh, th- there was all this uh, kind of um, stimulus coming uh, um, uh, to, to demand, both on the household and um, business side of things. On the household side, we had, for instance, uh, the CERB, and then which transitioned to the CRB. In Canada, we had the wage subsidy, um, which was a uh, uh, taken up by a lot of employers, and, and we had low interest rates, um, which uh, kept borrowing costs low and uh, um, juiced demand in uh, in- interest-sensitive se- sectors. And so uh, we have all this stimulus uh, on top of this kind of resumption of high hiring appetite, and I think that created kind of like uh, this the the stall and then restart kind of created a bit of like a backlog that we that just kind of like built over time that like we never have really been able to clear. And uh, so I think like um, throughout 2021, this kind of uh, people are sort of like jumping back in line to get get involved uh, with the cycle and it was harder to do so. And um, and uh, and a lot of things changed in, in the meantime. And I think um, those those conditions together kind of created this situation where um, for job seekers, it was a really good time to find work. Um, better than uh, the recovery from a standard recession, I'd say. And, um, and I, I think uh, th- that was kind of like a big factor uh, in wh- why things rebounded quite quickly. I, I want to ask about uh, the point that you mentioned earlier about the hardest hit uh, sectors of the economy. And the way that you're talking about it, you can kind of see these, you know, professional services jobs, which are more white collar. And then you have, you know, hospitality, retail, and like you said, the the sectors that were hardest hit. Is, is there kind of like a parallel way to look at the economy from the perspective of, you know, somebody that's in, you know, hospitality versus someone that's in, um, 
professional services or a more kind of white collar job, jobs that were shielded from the lockdowns. How different are the experiences of the people going through those two sectors? Like, how are they looking at things? So so they're definitely quite um, different. They were especially different at the start of the pandemic, because it just thinking back to like March and April uh, 2020, people like the number of in-person jobs just plunged to just a totally unprecedented um, degree in terms of scale and speed. Um, And whereas many jobs uh, in professional services and government, at least that weren't uh, face to face roles, they were um, often relatively uh, unscathed. So there was a huge difference in um, in experiences at, at the at the start of the pandemic and during the kind of like first year of recovery, people who. There were, you know, ling- real lingering effects of that initial wave of layoffs that kind of carried over for months. Because the, the, while employment bounced back um, quite surprisingly quickly, like that, it was bouncing back from like such a low level, and so it did take. Um, it still did take some uh, time throughout um, uh, the second half of 2020 and the first half of 2021 to really bounce back. And so I'd say, like the the experiences um, were quite different. Um, this is this is especially evident uh, when you zoom in on youth employment, uh, because youth are r- really disproportionately impacted by the, the pandemic shutdowns and everything, uh, just based on uh, the types of industries they work in. So uh, it was it's, it's really evident uh, in the Canadian job numbers that any time things were shut down, uh, youth employment plunged. And any times things were reopened, um, they would bounce back surprisingly quickly. There are there were like real um, contrasts, especially in like the first year or uh, year and a half of uh, in employment trajectories of different groups. Um, but that's I think changed a bit um, m- more recently, where um, by sort of t- towards the mid toward and later on. Uh, in 2021, we really saw the the recovery in employment conditions um, became uh, quite broad based. Had youth employment rates um, back to pre pandemic levels, um, core age employment rates that's 25 to 54 year olds also uh, back to pre pandemic levels. Um, and the, the one group that uh, was lagging a little bit are actually older Canadians who mi- who might be um, both a bit more uh, impacted by um, kind of some of the transitions that are happening in the economy, um, and some some might have retired a bit earlier, and others uh, would be um, more kind of uh, um, worried about like the health impacts of working in person jobs. But I think one of the things to emphasize, especially um, once we got past this sort of initial year or so of the pandemic, was that um, I, I think it's it, it, it's a kind of it's an important question, like how did the overall labor market bounced back quite well when the hardest hit areas of the uh, of the economy um, still aren't back to normal, at least in terms of um, employment levels. And I think here, the, it, it, one thing I, I've sort of kind of appreciated even more uh, uh, over the past um, year or two is just how interconnected different parts of the labor market are. Especially in in a world where um, hiring appetite is quite strong across different areas of the economy, and the way I kind of think about it is 
Um, let's say uh, we're, we're going from like a kind of a, um, a labor market where opportunities are there, but they're not so plentiful to one where things are plentiful in lots of different areas of the economy. What we've seen in the economy overall, and I kind of it's a mental model I have, is kind of like a reverse waterfall, kind of like a reverse cascading effect, where during this kind of like lukewarm economy, there are going to be a lot of people um, working in jobs that they're not necessarily thrilled with. So like, let's, let's say we have like three segments of uh, the economy and uh, there it might be someone who's working in kind of a low to mid-wage uh, job in, uh, as an administrative assistant or in um, customer service that um, potentially has, the, has at least some skills or interests that they could uh, jump into um, better paying roles in, let's say, marketing or sales or tech. Um, but if the job opportunities aren't um, there, they're going to be more likely in that kind of mid, mid-level job uh, category category than not. Then all of a sudden, opportunities uh, throughout the economy surge. Well, all of a sudden, that opens up positions in higher wage areas of the economy. And so that allows uh, them to go from that uh, lower or mid-paying job to a better-paying job. That open then opens up uh, positions in that kind of mid-wage job. And then uh, for for, um, workers in, in, in that area of the economy, well, now there might be workers in lower uh, paying areas of the economy, jobs where um, pay is at or near the minimum wage and often working conditions are difficult. The plentiful job opportunities in those kind of mid-wage areas can uh, allow some people to move from those lower paying areas to the mid-paying areas. And then what's left over? Uh, A whole ton of job openings in lower paying areas of the economy and uh, challenges uh, filling those roles. And so this kind of like cascading effect um, up the labor market from, uh, from, from, uh, from this surge in hiring uh, appetite, I think is, it's a bit simplistic, but I do think there's, uh, that's some of the story of what we've seen uh, in Canada's uh, employment rebound um, as well. Let's talk about wages specifically, because this is really the big question on everyone's minds is is understanding that within this context of the Bank of Canada kind of advising against big, large pay bumps and kind of telling everyone to just like keep their cool, you know, wait for them to figure it out. At the same time, everybody is looking for more money. I think in your trends report, you mentioned that it's like the number one thing that already employed Canadians are looking for. They're looking to jump. They want to make more money. And so what I kind of want to unpack is what is going on with wages specifically um, from a worker perspective and inflation. Can we, um, can we unpack that a bit? Sure. Sure. Um, So, uh, so all the, like the, the wage data that we get from, uh, from StackN when it's surveying Canadians or even uh, other sources like from Canadian payroll data, this it's all the, um, what we call like nominal wages. At what actual dollar amounts uh, were uh, sent to you uh, in, in your paycheck? But we know that uh, the value of a dollar changes over over time, uh, and this has uh, become uh, painfully uh, 
um, the case uh, over the past year and a half, where we've seen uh, prices of just goods and services in Canada and abroad surge to growth rates um, that uh, that we haven't experienced in a long time. We've got uh, September uh, data where consumer, actually, no, October data, sorry, uh, with the consumer price index up 6.9% year over year. And that, and that uh, compares to Canadian wage data from the Labor Force Survey, which has Canadian wages up 5.6% from a year ago. So 5.6% year over year wage growth, that's pretty high um, for, for the Canadian labor market. But is that different across industries at all? Yeah, if you, it, if you it, unpack it, 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 okay. it definitely it definitely is. So um, some of the areas um, see, see, we've seen a, a, a fairly solid wage growth across a whole uh, different range of areas, um, and some some which are kind of like different than others. So uh, at, at the two the two areas to- topping the list in terms of year over year wage growth right now, it's actually a little ironic because we've kind of touched on them uh, before. They are accommodation and food services and professional scientific and technical services. So the one area of the economy where jobs are real, one of the areas of the economy where jobs are really lagging and the other the economy where jobs have soared. But overall, I think in both cases, a demand for workers um, is quite strong. The kind of uh, impacts of a tight labor market are showing up in in, in both industries. Uh, but despite their kind of uh, really contrasting uh, uh, trajectories in terms of employment growth, we also see a pretty strong uh, wage growth, manufacturing, construction, um, retail, and then uh, things are uh, lagging a bit in um, some other areas. Uh, public administration, education have been um, a bit weaker. And But o- overall, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're seeing wage growth relatively broad, broad-based uh, across industries, but that's like in the nominal level. In terms of real wages, inflation-adjusted wages, the cost of living has surged so much that uh, while people are getting larger paychecks in dollar terms, they're not, they haven't kept up with um, surging price of, of overall prices. And when we think about like overall prices, um, that, th- that, that data is coming from um, StackHand's con- uh, consumer price index. And so what the consumer price index is, um, is kind of this uh, attempt that's made by uh, every sort of statistical agency around the world to sort of sum up the level of uh, the cost of living um, for the quote unquote typical person uh, in their uh, respective country. And so the way it's calculated is StackN goes out and finds the price of everything you can imagine, whether it's uh, gasoline or groceries or rent or tuition or clothing. Uh, You know, I can keep listing all in all on and on. And then um, they come up with like, um, through other sort of surveys, they come up with a, uh, an expenditure weight for uh, each of each of those pro- uh, products. So um, I, I know the, the largest uh, expenditure weight consumer price index is on shelter and roughly I think it's about 30 or so percent of the overall consumer price index is influenced um, by the overall price of shelter. And some of that is uh, captured in rent and others it's captured in mortgage costs and uh, a, ho- a whole other uh, bunch of calculations 
um, in there. But like together, uh, the, the, all these prices kind of like aggregate up into this consumer price index. Overall consumer price index has really surged over the past year, um, y- year and a half. And, and, it's re- and it's really picked up for um, a lot of the goods that uh, we uh, buy quite frequently. So gas prices are a big one. And gas um, can move so much on a month-to-month basis that, that it's got an outsized uh, impact on, uh, on, on inflation rates. Also, um, uh, food prices also way up uh, o- over the past year. But also now more recently joined by lots of other uh, different types of goods and services Canadians are purchasing. They are way up, um, way above the Bank of Canada's uh, 2% uh, I- inflation target. And that's the motivation for the Bank of Canada raising rates pretty aggressively over the past, um, s- since March, I guess. And uh, that, that causes uh, both, both this inflation and then the um, policy moves meant to counter it have caused a uh, lots of upheaval um, in the economy and are a key source of uncertainty in the year ahead. How do uh, interest rates and wages interact with each other? As the bank raises rates, what impact is that expected to have on the labor market uh, and wages? Uh, like, What's the intended impact and what are they anticipating the effect will be? Sure. So, so Interest rates and like monetary policy in general is at least in theory uh, supposed to impact prices uh, in through a bunch of different channels. With wages kind of being a key input price, uh, they're also part of that story. Um, in big picture, uh, though, um, one of the kind of uh, broad themes of uh, of raising interest rates is that they're meant to cool demand. Uh, they cool demand partially by uh, raising the cost of borrowing. And so anyone who is going to borrow or uh, to either you know, purchase a home or borrow to invest uh, now has to you know, think twice a bit more about uh, that investment or home purchase at the given price because um, the cost of funds to make that purchase um, have gone up. But also along with that kind of uh, impact on demand uh, is um, demand for workers. And so I think the Bank of Canada sees the really elevated levels of job vacancies right now in Canada as um, as another thing that they're kind of looking to cool um, when, when it comes to uh, um, raising interest rates. And if you think of like hiring or, or uh, posting a job vacancy and hiring as kind of like an investment as well, it sort of falls into a s- similar camp. The value of making that investment becomes a riskier proposition when uh, r- rates are higher. And so um, the hiring effort by firms could potentially decline as, uh, as rates rise. And, and the kind of um, thinking is, which I think um, the bank has uh, talked about it, is that um, is, you know, if if rates rise to cool demand in different areas of the economy, including the labor market, that means less uh, sort of like cooler wage growth as well. And if given the potential for wages to uh, to kind of flow through to prices, that's sort of like one of the many channels that the Bank of Canada is kind of leaning on when it's um, uh, looking to raise rates uh, to cool inflation. So if you're a worker, what is the like, what's the timeline for sitting this out? I know that you can't give 
you know, directive, um, directives to, you know, every individual worker as to whether or not they should be banging down their boss's door for, you know, a pay increase at the end of year. But uh, in terms of what the intended effects are of even inflation rates as they, or sorry, interest rates as they stand um, right now, is it in everyone's best interest to kind of sit tight, wait for things to stabilize? Like when will realistically we start seeing those changes in the job market as far as maybe some easing demand from employers to hire so aggressively that would then, you know, in effect kind of stabilize the the price increases that we're seeing and then, you know, make it so that wages aren't falling so behind what it costs to, to, to you know, buy groceries every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how should I say this? So I would never um, tell someone not to bargain for a raise uh, with, with their boss. I, I think and I would never and I would never tell someone uh, not to uh, look for uh, a better job uh, or a higher uh, p- paying uh, job. It does get a little riskier, though, um, uh, when the economic outlook uh, gets um, uh, a little more uncertain, just because um, there's this uh, uh, common saying, um, last one in, first one out. Um, and just in when it comes to like um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, probationary periods and things like that, there's a little yeah. less uh, job uh, security uh, likely for new hires than um, uh, existing ones when the economic um, outlook uh, turns. And this is kind of a, this is actually uh, something that uh, I, th- I think an area where Canada and the U.S. have uh, differed a little bit um, uh, over, over the past year or two, where the phrase, the, the resignation, um, that was really uh, in the phenomenon to the extent it kind of happened. Um, that was really a U.S. phenomenon. The U.S. really did see a real jump um, in uh, in job seeker quits in 2021. Um, people like leaving uh, their work um, and in many cases to find other work, jumping um, to higher pay. And uh, there's some like U.S. data on how um, uh, uh, workers switching their jobs have been able to secure really strong wage gains, in some cases, actually in excess of the uh, surge uh, in in inflation. And in Canada, we the great resignation really didn't hit here. Um, We saw job switching plunged at the start of the pandemic and rebounded in 2021. But um, it never really got very far above its pre pandemic levels. Whereas in the US, there really was a major kind of wave of quitting um, ahead of uh, uh, like beyond um, pre-pandemic levels. In Canada, we got like above uh, job switching rates, got above pre-pandemic rates um, for a brief period. Um, but overall, like no nowhere near like the same surge. And so I so, uh, you know, it, it's it's too bad because, uh, you know, there for people who weren't necessarily satisfied with their job or potentially had better opportunities elsewhere. Hopefully people haven't missed out too much um, on, on those uh, opportunities. I will say- oh, was that was that the chance to to do it in terms no, of- I, I would say early, earlier this year would have been a great chance uh, to, to change jobs. Though, um, you know, we, we don't like, forecasting oh, no. a recession is like looking into a crystal ball and um, it's very difficult to do. And at the moment, um, there actually still is a lot of hiring appetite out there among Canadian employers. Um, so when we uh, so tracking job postings on Indeed, um, we saw them soar in 2021. And it was really strong uh, 
through the first half of this year. And then they cooled a bit uh, this past summer. But since the start of the fall, they've actually been pretty stable. And so um, it's stable at elevated levels, uh, up um, over roughly like 64% from their pre-pandemic uh, um, rates. And so a, a sign that at least in like many areas of the economy, there's still lots of employers um, looking to hire. Uh, and so still uh, n not a bad time to find new work, just a bit riskier um, given uh, that uh, the kind of economic outlook looking at 2023 is uh is is there so not too late to go tell your boss to kick rocks then is what we're but no not yeah that's not um, well I, don't take that as <laughs> i mean take brendan's caution everybody well yeah to take the caution that that you know th things can change pretty quickly uh on a, on a dime um and uh and i will note that there are a few areas where things have cooled a bit more um, specifically actually in the tech sector. Um, so I mentioned kind of that uh, job postings overall um, have kind of plat stabilized over, over the kind of since the start of the fall. Tech is uh, an exception to that. And this is, you know, an area where we've, uh, there's been lots of stories about layoffs and hiring freezes um, in the news. And, and we see that um, uh, I, I'm not sure we have Canadian like layoff data that shows that, but we definitely see it uh, in tech job postings where um, uh, this went from uh, uh, tech postings went from one of the strongest categories of uh, job postings on our website to now actually um, uh, lagging a little bit uh, the, the, the headline trend. And that's like a major change from, uh, mm -hmm. from six months ago. Uh, so, um, so I, I, do, I do think um, we, you know, some of the jitters we, we have seen uh, in, in stories around the economy have shown up um, in hiring appetite, but so far they're, relatively concentrated. And um, in the meantime, when we think about kind of like recessions and ups and downs of the economy, um, recessions are just, they are broad based. Um, they aren't in isolated to like one or two sectors. They tend to impact lots of different sectors. And there, I think um, overall things have held steady. And so, you know, they say, suggest, you know, the Canadian labor market has been quite resilient uh, recently. And so as a, so as the U S um, but, you know, uh, that's uh, that's the story today, and uh, so uh, no predictions, at least here on uh, what's what happens tomorrow. I did want to ask you about tech um, because, yeah, I mean, it is something where we're seeing some some weakness uh, already. I'm wondering if you think that is a early warning sign of things to come in the rest of the economy and the labor market, uh, or if that's something that is specific to tech because of factors that have nothing really to do with broader macro trends? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a, this is a tough question. I'm probably going to give you like a wishy-washy answer here uh, because, you know, I, I, because, I, I, because it is, it's almost the question heading in to 2023 um, uh, that, you know, uh, that there is this one area of the economy that this, that's been, you know, just really high flying in terms of, um, jobs uh uh over the past um year or two that now uh, it really does look like is hitting a road bump both for both because um i think tech investment and the outlook in the industry is impacted by interest rates but also because of like how much hiring there was and you know maybe that was uh maybe that was a bit uh ex excessive so i think um you know uh <laughs> i wish i if i knew then you know then i would be able to say you know more confidently like 
uh, hey, everything's going to be fine or yeah, we, we've got something to worry about. But this this gets to the overall kind of question of like, are we going to have like a actual recession next year or are we going to be in kind of just sort of like a um, more neutral period? When it comes to like Canada, I think um, it's a it's a question in tech and it's also a question um, surrounding the housing housing. Um, uh, has been, I think, the area so far that uh, where um, the impacts of monetary policy have been quite immediate. Um, home sales have plunged. Uh, house prices are, are sliding, be, and all related um, uh, to to, uh, to a jump in mortgage rates. And and so far, you know, looking at kind of like macro indicators in Canada, um, that hasn't kind of impacted so much um, uh, ca- Canadian job levels. Um, but that isn't to say that uh, it's not a bit of a canary in the coal mine. It's just kind of a question of like, um, you know, how 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 big is the slide and how broad based does it get? And you know, there, uh, uh, I'll be watching uh, as well. Okay, well, Brennan, I think we should leave it there. This is a great place to leave it, but we I think we're barely scraping the surface here, and we're excited to to have you back one day. Ah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So that was a great conversation with Brendan. Uh, I thought in particular what he was saying about the labor market still being pretty good for workers right now is interesting because, you know, you read a lot in the media right now about tech layoffs and, uh, you know, people getting laid off at Meta and Twitter and all these other places. And it sort of seems like things are turning uh, but according to Brendan, for most people, if you don't work in tech, things are still pretty good. Yeah, I loved having an economist on from one of the country's top job boards to tell us kind of what's going on, because who really knows this data better than him, right? Like, I think he mentioned timelines, which is interesting because he pointed out that earlier this year, you know, would have been the perfect time to change careers. But still, you know, when a labor economist is telling you to look for greener pastures, you got to listen. So, Tech workers maybe have seen better maybe days. Maybe out of luck for now. Yeah, maybe out of luck for now. But for you know everyone else across the economy, I mean, you know, get on LinkedIn, get on Indeed rather, and start looking for you know for a better job. Yeah, I guess what's interesting to me is thinking about how long this is going to last for, and whether it's a necessary condition of getting inflation down and getting back to the point where. The central banks can start lowering interest rates again uh, if higher unemployment is a, a condition of that, and what that means about our economy more generally. You know, if the only way that we can um, get rid of inflation is to have lots of people out of work, uh, that seems like a deeper problem that we probably should look at because this is sort of what we've been saying we want for a long time: is to have everyone working and wages going up. And now that we're finally getting it, we have the central bank coming in and saying, well, no, actually, we need to cool things down a little bit, which makes sense because prices are what they are. But it's a a puzzle that I don't think we've quite solved yet. Definitely not. I think we have to be ready for both scenarios, right? Like I'm, I'm with a lot of the more optimistic economists and some of the central bankers that say that, you know, it is possible to come out of this period with borrowing costs going up the way that they have and the economy kind of continuing to stay relatively strong. So we're not seeing the job losses that, you know, happened, um, you know, the last time around such, such, uh, 
intense interest rates hikes were hikes were happening. And so um, I think there is a bit of optimism there. Um, I hope that's the way it pans out. But really, this is kind of just a game of, of waiting and seeing. Okay, well, shall we leave it there for now? I think so. This has been another episode of Free Lunch. I'm Sarah Bartnika. You can follow me at Sarah Bartnika on Twitter. And I'm Taylor Scollin. You can follow me at Taylor Scollin on Twitter. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can check out our daily news podcast. It's called The Peak Daily. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to our daily newsletter covering the top businesses, business and tech stories that matter most to Canadians at readthepeak.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.